Section 3 of A Holy Life, The Beauty of Christianity by John Bunyan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 3. Second, the extension of the exhortation to every one that nameth the name of Christ. But I proceed, and come in the next place, to the extension of the exhortation, namely, that it reacheth to all those that name the name of Christ. And let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. To handle this a little, and to shew you what the apostles here means by naming of the name of Christ, he meaneth not an irreligious naming of that worthy name, nor those that name it irreligiously. This is evident, because he passeth by their manner of naming of it without the least reproof, the which he would not have done had the fault been in their manner of naming of the name of Christ. Now I say, if he intendeth not those that name the name of Christ irreligiously, then, though the exhortation let every one, seems to extend itself to all, and all manner of persons, that any ways name the name of Christ, yet it is limited by this, to wit, that rightly, religiously, or according to the way of the professors of Christ, name his worthy name. And it must needs be so taken, and that for these reasons. First, for that, as I said before, the apostle taketh no notice of their manner of naming of his name, so as to reprove any indecency or unseemliness in their naming of him. Wherefore he alloweth of the manner of their naming of him. Secondly, because the apostle's design in this exhortation was, and is, that the naming of the name of Christ might be accompanied with such a life of holiness as might put an additional luster upon that name whenever named in a religious way. But this cannot be applied to every manner of naming the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. For if a man shall name the name of Christ unduly or irreligiously, though he shall never so much therewithal depart from iniquity, and be circumspect to the utmost in all civility and morality, yet he answers not the apostle's end, which he seeks by this his exhortation. For 1. Suppose a man should name the name of Christ vainly, idly, in vain mirth, wantonness, false or vain swearing, or the like, and shall back this, his manner of naming the name of Christ, with all manner of justness and uprightness of life. Would this answer the apostle's end in this his exhortation? Verily no, for this manner of naming the name is worthy reprehension. Thou shalt not take my name in vain, or vainly make use thereof, and moral goodness attending the so naming of the name of Christ will do more hurt than good. Exodus 20 2. There is a reproachful and scandalous naming of the name of Christ such as the Jews and Pharisees did accustom themselves unto, as to call him Jesus, the Deceiver, and Christ, in a way of scorn and contempt. Nor were these men quite destitute of that which put a luster upon their opinions. For, said the Lord Christ himself unto them, Ye indeed appear beautiful outward. Matthew twenty three twenty seven. 3. There is such a naming of the name of Christ as to make it a cloak for false and dangerous errors, that men, by the use of that name, 
and the putting of it upon such errors and delusions may put off their errors to others the better many shall come in my name to wit with their delusions presenting them in my name to the world and shall put them off in my name to the destruction of the soul matthew twenty four five now can any imagine that the apostle should extend his exhortation to such that they thus continuing to name the name of christ should depart from iniquity to what end should such be comprehended in this of exhortation of his to no purpose at all for the more an erroneous person or a deceiver of souls shall back his errors with a life that is morally good the more mischievous dangerous and damnable is that man and his delusions wherefore such a one is not concerned in this exhortation four there is a naming of the name of christ magically and after the manner of exorcism or conjuration as we read in the acts of the apostles vagabond jews the exorcists there say we adjure you by jesus whom paul preacheth acts nineteen thirteen through fifteen thus they called over them that had evil spirits the name of the lord jesus but what if these should clothe this their devilish art and devilish way of using or naming of the name of the lord jesus with departing from iniquity so as to commend their whole life to bystanders for such as is morally good what advantage would christ or paul or the gospel get thereby verily none at all but rather damage and reproach as will soon appear to any man's reason if it be considered that goodness of life joined to badness of principles is like the devil clothed in white or satan transformed into an angel of light and paul was grieved in his spirit when the wench that had a spirit of divination did acknowledge him to be the servant of the most high god for he knew it would nothing further or help forward the lord's design but be rather an hindrance thereto for when witches and devils come once to commend or make use of the name of christ christ and paul like it not therefore paul's exhortation which here are presented with by the text is not extended to any of the four sorts aforenamed but third to those upon whom his name is called they should depart from iniquity i say those whom god has so far dignified as to put the name of christ upon them acts fifteen seventeen and i will add that apply that name to themselves and the reason is because god is now concerned god has changed thy name from pagan to christian and thou chooseth to call thyself by that name saying i belong to christ now thou must depart from iniquity for that notice is taken of thee both by heaven and earth that thou art become a disciple and let every one that so nameth the name of christ or that nameth it being himself by god and himself put under such circumstances as these depart from iniquity first peter four sixteen fourthly it is spoken to those that name the name of christ either in the public or private worship of god being themselves professed worshippers of him and the reason is for that the ordinances as well as the name of christ is holy and he will be sanctified in them that come nigh him leviticus ten three 
He therefore that approacheth the presence of Christ in prayer, or other divine appointment, must take heed of regarding iniquity in his heart. Psalms 66.18 Else the Lord will stop his ears to his prayers, and will shut his eyes, and not take notice of such kind of worship or worshippers. Fifthly, those that the apostle in this place exhorts to depart from iniquity are such as have taken unto themselves the boldness to say that they are in him, abide in him, and consequently are made partakers of the benefits that are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walketh. 1 John 2, 6. And the reason is, because Christ is a fruitful root, and a free conveyor of sap into the branches. Hence it is written, that the trees of the Lord are full of sap. Psalms 104, 16. So then, he that nameth the name of Christ by way of applying to himself his benefits, and as counting that he is found of God in him, and so abideth, ought himself to walk even as he walked, that he may give proof of what he saith to be true, by bearing forth before men that similitude of righteousness that is in his root and stem. For such as the stock or tree is, such let the branches be, but that cannot be known but by the fruit. Ye shall know them by their fruit. Matthew 7.16 So then, he that thus shall name the name of Christ, let him depart from iniquity. Yea, let every such man do so. Sixthly, this exhortation is spoken to them that name Christ as their sovereign Lord and King. Let them depart from iniquity. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our King. He will save us. Isaiah thirty-three twenty-two. These are great words, and as they cannot be spoken by every one, so they ought not to be spoken lightly by them that can nor may he that claims so high a privilege be but obedient, submissive, apt to learn, conscientiously to put in practice what he hath learnt of his judge, his lawgiver, and his king, lest, when some shall hear him, say that Christ, by name, is his lawgiver and his king, and shall yet observe him to do things evil, and to walk in ways that are not good, they shall think evil, and speak so of his king, saying, Learnt you this of Christ your king? Or, Doth your king countenance you in ways that are so bad? Or, Do you by thus and thus doing submit to the laws of your king? Yea, your king, his name and gospel, shall bear the burden of the evil, together with the shame thereof, if thou that namest the name of Christ shalt not depart from iniquity. Lastly, Whatever man he be, that by his naming of the name of Christ shall intimate that he hath any reverence of love to, or delight in that Christ whose name he nameth, that man should depart from iniquity, not only for the reasons that are above mentioned, but for those that may be named afterwards. But having thus far opened the word, and shewed who and what manner of man the apostle had in his eye, in this his exhortation I shall come, in the next place, to make some observations upon the text. As, observation first, 
that it is incident to men to name the name of Christ religiously, that is, rightly as to words and nations, and not depart from iniquity. This was the occasion of this exhortation, for Paul saw that there were some that did so, to wit, that named the name of Christ well, as to words, but did not depart from iniquity. Some such he also I found among them at Corinth, which made him say, Awake to righteousness, and sin not. 1 Corinthians 15.34 He found such at Ephesus, and cries out to them most earnestly, saying, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. Ephesians 5.14 For albeit they were professors of Christ, yet they lived too much like those that were dead in trespasses and sins. This he also found among the Hebrews, wherefore he saith to them, Let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Hebrews 12.1 These professors are easily beset with sin. Yea, it did hang upon them as weights to hinder them from making of that profession of Christ, whose name they named, as beautiful as did both become him and them. End of section three. Recording by Scarlet, Louisiana.